Hey everybody, before we get started with this Alice recap episode, I just wanted to mention to you a couple of things. And the first is Reality Escape Pod. I don't know if you're already listening to Reality Escape Pod. I wouldn't be surprised if you are. It's a fantastic show about not just the escape room industry, but also just like the immersive gaming industry in general. Uh, it's created by two people who are previous guests of this show, PG Law and David Spira, and they interview creators and cool people in the immersive gaming space. They've just started their second season, like their first episode of the second season released yesterday, if you're listening to this. And it's a great interview with Neil Patrick Harris about immersive gaming and Box One and all that sort of fun, puzzly stuff. So you should be listening to that right now. It's a fantastic show if you care at all about the industry and escape games and puzzles and anything immersive and interesting. You'll love it. The other thing I wanted to mention was that you can get tickets now for 2021's Reality Escape Convention. Uh, it's a big escape room convention that will be held online. You can get all the details. There's a link below to where you can buy tickets. Uh, and not only should you buy tickets because it's a really cool event, uh, we'll also be doing a live show with some audience interaction and other stuff at Recon. So look, we'll be there doing that, but you should come for all the interesting talks and cool people who'll be there uh, and to sort of meet other people in the world of escape rooms. So you can get tickets to that below. Uh, there'll be links to both that and Reality Escape Pod in the show notes. All right, let's get going. Welcome, everybody, to the first of our bonus episodes. Uh, this is us. I mean, it's really like a podcast this escape for the entire arc. Yeah, it's 10 podcasts this escape at once. So as you can see, it's 10 times the length. No, I don't think that's true. Am I going to get 10 times the compliments that the guests often give? No. Because that's nice. I like that no part. No compliments for Dan. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, the... We're going to talk about the arc. We're going to talk about what happened. It's going to be pretty casual. Uh, we also have some questions from listeners of the show, mostly uh, supplied on our Discord. And if you're not part of our Discord... There's a link below. You can join them. Then you can ask us questions mm -hmm. just in general as well. But uh, we're going to answer some of those. I'm sure a lot of those will overlap with stuff that we would talk about if we just started talking. But yeah, I still think sure. we, we can chat a little bit before we get to the questions. Mm. Um, this is fairly freeform. We're just going to kind of talk about what Alice found. And the first thing I want to talk about is the title, <laughs> What Alice Found. I don't remember who came up with that. I... Want to say I think it was me. Well, I want to say I think it was you. Yeah, cool. So obviously this is a reference to the sequel to Alice in Wonderland, which is what uh, Through the Looking Glass and what Alice found there. Yeah. I mean... No, now I think I came up oh, with Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe. I can't remember. I usually it name was the episodes. back. I come up with all the episode titles. Maybe I came up with the arc title too. I honestly can't remember. Mm. Is there a reason we... we Settled on that idea? Maybe we talked about it in one of the uh, playtest audios right at the start. <laughs> Maybe we Because we hadn't come up with the name of the arc yet when yeah. we started recording those. And the first room is... Through the Looking Glass Through themed. the Looking Glass themed. Yeah, for sure. Was that a deliberate... Like, did you decide on that because you wanted, like, Alice in Wonderland theming? Or were you like, ooh, it's, it's meaningful to the arc of 
living in a fantasy world and you know more that to be honest there was a large part of me that really wanted just uh through the looking glass themed escape room <laughs> so you just thought yeah, i'll just pretty do it. much because that was interesting because that is that is themed that first episode is themed to alice through the looking yeah. glass but also it isn't because that is one of the only examples of a room you've designed where they're doing a real escape. Like, yeah, which... that is them going to an escape room with the theme, but the episode itself is themed doing an escape room with bad co-workers. Yeah, which is something... We, we've played the bad escape room trope a couple of times now, and it's been fun, but I hadn't considered it to be something that I would write. Mm. Um, I wish that I had leaned more heavily into making those two people more impactful. Like they pretty much just had one instance of annoyance each. Mm, we definitely have a question coming up about that oh, yeah. that room and those oh, people. Cool. So we'll, we can talk about that more when we get to there. Yeah, great. Um, no, so honestly, from the start, it was always Truman Show themed. Mm. And the I think the Alice thing, it was just a coincidence at how well it worked and how those two things through the Looking Glass and Truman Show, cameras, whoa-ho-ho, all managed to intermingle kind of nicely. Hmm. It's interesting. Because Alice in Wonderland, like, it doesn't really have a theme of surveillance, but it does have a theme of being, like, the only kind of quote-unquote normal person in a fake world. Like, there's a lot of, like, Alice is just there and something weird is happening and bringing her along and she goes, okay, cool. And you know yeah, it's a there fake is a world, lot of real just go moment. with it. Yeah, but there's no there's no kind of general feeling of like, oh hey, you know you're being watched, Alice. Oh, we're all watching. Perhaps, you. although uh, through the Looking Glass does have a decent amount of this is all a game feel to it because mm, it's the one that's more true, heavily true, very chess chess centered. Yeah, so it has that rather than fully dreamlike. It's got yep. that. that game-like quality mm. to it. And a lot of people did tell us that this is just like the movie The Game, a movie which neither of us <laughs> have seen. Still. So maybe they're very right. Oh, I have read the plot summary. Uh, they're right, and intriguingly, I, I can't wait to talk about the changes that have been made since the start of the art, because it was originally a lot more the game-like, apparently. Yes. Now, do we? I know we do. We probably do have some questions about how mm -hmm. it changed. I think, I think we do have one specific. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe we can again. We'll wait till we start reading yeah, questions, yeah. so we can talk through that. Um, we could start talking about it now, but you can give reference to the, when yeah. we get to that question. Like, we already answered that. <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's, well, what, what changed? Like you say you say it started more the game-like and it changed. This is the overall story mm -hmm. of, the, of the arc, mm -hmm. right? Like, I yep. know you were saying to me that it changed while we were playing through Very it. Very much so. Uh, so give us a rundown of how it was. and I'll give you the one-sentence summary that uh, I have at the start of Danny this. Danny does have her notebook out in front of her, her yep. original notes. And it's only one sentence because I've put a semicolon. <laughs> okay, so my first little one-sentence-ish paragraph that I had, the first thing I wrote about this, S8 Connected Arc. Truman Show, discover you're being recorded, try to figure out who's on your side and escape. Ending is you've actually been free for a couple of episodes but have grown too paranoid for freedom. Oh, you get institutionalized in your original script. <laughs> Is that more like the plot of the game? No, you didn't get institutionalized in it. You just, I mean, it seemed like it. The game seems like it plays uh, much more, paranoia. even, yes, okay. much more heavily on the what the hell is real, somehow even more than what this arc ended up being. Yeah. So that's so like, so yeah, so your original plan was you would get out of, in like episode seven and then... Mm. Episodes 8, 9, and 10. Or you maybe think not. you're you, still being you watched. You think it's a game and it's not a game. Yeah. That would have been hard to manage. Did you have plans for how to write an escape room that is full of puzzles, but is 
not real because you're imagining it, but it's actually a normal interaction. Like that feels like a hard line to to toe. Uh, for sure, not particularly. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Um, it looked like in my original things. I have a lot of question marks there. So it's like escaping emergency security, escape, but oh no, you're still being watched. Take drastic action to escape. <laughs> what? Where? Boat? <laughs> it's revealed you weren't being watched. How? Where? Lost at sea slash island with signs of person who tells you show, cancellation date, new season, new people? Do you stay put or warn new players? <laughs> Lots of question marks. That's a lot of question marks. So, so clearly, obviously that I, isn't what happened. Yeah. Do you know when... About when about that started to change? <laughs> oh, I want to say that it changed around police station time. Okay, so that was what, maybe just five or after, maybe just after that one. Uh, there was something about that where okay, 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 okay. So let's just have a look at what the episode lists were originally. All right. Let's what, go. How I decide, how I designate these 10 episodes. Sure. Um, episode one, somewhere normal to be recorded, newsroom. And then I wrote a looking glass escape room. All right. So that so sort that of changed fell into place. Relatively but quickly, changed. but that looking glass escape room, that's in a very scrawled pen. That was clearly <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that was why it stayed in the arc that you were canonically working like in a news station was oh, barely mentioned. I didn't know. I didn't know that. <laughs> barely mentioned, but definitely a thing that shows up in like episode okay. one. All right, fair. Uh, and then the next one says, "Everyday errand, wedding cake shop. You're getting married." Ooh. So you started with the idea of doing an errand. Yep. And then came into the idea of adding a, a marriage. And then I thought wedding cake shop would be a fun <laughs> one, so I went, "Okay, well, I got to make that a thing." Now, that is an errand that you have never done in your life because we didn't Correct. shop for our wedding cake. No, so this is true. My cousin made it. was your first thought of what's an errand people do? It clearly do? wasn't an errand <laughs> thing. It was clearly me looking at interesting locations. Maybe that day we had happened to walk past one and it looked cool. But yeah, I remember just going through that and thinking wedding cakes. No, we've already done a bakery. Have we all, like, that we can't, wait a second. No, this would be a very different sort of thing, the sort of stuff that you would expect. And I was picturing all the weird novelty cakes. Very much as being a thing. That's fair. Uh, third one, garage at home after expressing worry to fiance. That one stayed. Electronic store where cameras are sold. That stayed. Yeah. Next one, three people you may trust. Where? Police station? Okay, so apparently yeah. I was thinking of like narrowing down a few people in your life mm. that one of whom you could trust. Oh, so you go like, do I trust episode five? Yeah. Do I trust episode six? Oh, I do trust oh, episode seven. Oh, apparently not. Oh, okay, but okay. yeah, apparently I was on those sorts of lines. Maybe I thought it was three people who would be in the police station. Like one is the head of police. One is a criminal uh, in the jail sure. cell. Something like that. All right. All right. Next one says, get off radar. Disguising via factory. This one I'd be very interested to talk about. Disguise factory. Do you have how much? Do you have any thoughts of disguise? Because we still ended up having that episode be get off the radar. Yeah, that was just at at your wedding Mm -hmm. instead. But you decided to go for a disguise factory, which sounds a lot better. (laughs) I think I meant that you have to disguise yourself, and then a factory is like uh, where behind the scenesy stuff might be happening. So there might be a secret door there or something. Interesting. But then I went with film lot practice set. Equals escape route, so where you can oh, that enter the outside. Oh, that would have been a fun room idea to go back to see like the same versions of things you'd already been in. Potentially, but my idea there, I do say other sets, and I have wedding question mark written there. Oh, so the staging area for your fake wedding. So you can see how it's good. That would have been 
Would that have been a creepier way to do the wedding? To be like, you turn up to the empty set that will be your wedding venue? Maybe. You know, you realise the venue that Blake picked out is just a facade because they <laughs> never expected you to go into the building or something fun like that. It could have been interesting. Mm. Oh, you should have done it that way, Danny. Gosh. <laughs> the thing that I, I very much decided at that point, I'll get into my things that I decided, but that was very much one of those things where I went, it would be cheap to not have the wedding when it has been built up so much. Yeah, to have no wedding. It was nice to be able to go mm. and do that wedding. Yeah, and I, I think even seeing just like a practice empty set of the wedding wouldn't have been quite the same. Whereas getting to literally explode your wedding, I thought felt yeah, it was more satisfying. To blow the wedding up. Yeah. All right, then. Yep, the escaping emergency security escape. But oh no, you're still trying. And that's when those other ones, those three, were three. The last three dot points themselves that take drastic action to escape, and it's revealed you weren't being watched. Ah, fun. So no exact settings for those. I clearly hadn't really decided. No, true. And so it ended up instead, that was mostly the same, except the uh, the disguise factory was the wedding. Mm-hmm. Then it was the movie theater instead of movie sets. Mm-hmm. The sewers as the escape, the ocean as the escape. Yeah. Now that didn't, did that have anything to do, did you have that planned as, in the revealed you weren't being watched, was that going to be like the end or did you have some other like... Because this one ended with something kind of climactic and like shutting the show down and doing Yeah, that. it looks like all I had intended was that you realise you're not being watched by virtue of realising that there is another show going on, a new season that isn't you. They've already forgotten about you. And oh, so it is now your job to go, go back in and warn them. them. Okay, that's fun. Slightly different twist, but the, the same idea. The level of cyclicness was something that I went back and forth on mm. a whole bunch of times. There's a significant portion, like right up until the end, where it was as soon as you got to the end and Leilani said, thank God, now I can retire. You're up. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, like the, Leilani's level of involvement was very back and forthy. Leilani's level of involvement did not exist until episode six. Oh, that you then decided I'm going to bring back that Leilani character? I thought, again, this okay, yeah, the movie theater was not involved in it. The movie's puzzle in room five saying the criminal is at the movies was that existed. Uh-huh. And yet, at that point, the next room, or two rooms later, sorry, being set at the cinema did not exist. That's wild. And again, that made, I realized halfway through, that made no sense. That was absurd so, that you would get that and then never go there yourself. So early on, when you knew from the beginning that we, there might be multiple friends hand, you know, who were helping us out, who did you think, when we had the Honestly, fake friend in episode five, did you have any idea who the real friend the was? To the best of my memory, I don't recall coming up with a real so friend. So you it as to who the real friend Apparently, is? That is wild. I know. I went absurd in the lack of planning in this arc, and I felt terrified you the entire time. Don't do this, people. It's so stressful. I am so shocked. Because that is so yep. unlike you to have that little... Yep. I expected you to know every single beat from the start. I know. And I'm comfortable with you changing it, but the fact that you were just like, ah, we'll find out who the friend is, I haven't figured it out yet, is wild to me. I don't know, because when was it that we had someone actually leave you a note saying, hey, I'm helping you out? Room four? Room four. That was... We'd already been finding triangles. Of course. I... You didn't know who was leaving the triangles? No. You just thought, I like triangles? That does feel like something I would have known. You must have known from the beginning there was someone helping. But... And because in your original Mm. notes, you have in episode five... 
you have three, one of three friends helping you. So you must have known there was a helper. Well, I'm, I mean, I don't know how much I intended any of those people to be helping because it just says three people you may trust. That's all it says on that topic. Uh, and in room one... That is true. Room one, I have all of my notes here. And then right up the top in a different colored pen, <laughs> I have the words, don't forget the meta. Because clearly... You didn't even know what the I meta had, puzzle was. No, you just thought well, you had to add it in? No, no. I knew what it was. I knew I wanted this 10 Grammy puzzle. I, had, I knew that since the start. But I had forgotten to put it in. So clearly, I wasn't thinking about it very hard as I designed these rooms at the start. Interesting. That's so strange. Yeah. And so then... I think at the start, no, I definitely remember this. Um, in room two, in the wedding cake bakery, you found the piece in the oven. And that is because mm. I also had in my mind, no, maybe someone is trying to destroy these things so that you don't find it. Where was it found in the first one? Uh, it was just a broken piece of plastic in the safe with the puzzle pieces. Oh, they locked it in a safe so no one could get to I it? I mean, something like that. Yeah. You see? I had no idea. That is so wild. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's really... I I did not expect you to be that unprepared. <laughs> I didn't expect you to be that unprofessional. It was <laughs> horrifying the entire time. I don't know what it was. Was it just because politically the world was in such a stressful place between Probably, yeah. like all of my planning time, which is... October to January. It yeah. was quite a tumult, so my brain just wasn't working. Yeah, I feel like that was the last time you had you... planned stuff for a arc was like pre-COVID. Yeah. You must have remembered the like how much I was nervous yeah. about how not far in advance I had prepared. Yeah, I thought it was just with room design, mm -hmm. with, with narrative story design. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I was very concerned about this arc, feeling like I was just yes. sort of phoning it in. It's interesting because so a lot of people have have been have responded really well. Yeah. to the arc, but you were. Yeah, and now were I don't very... know what to think. <laughs> you should plan less. <laughs> Um, you were very, uh, you weren't sure how well it would come I about. was. And for a weird reason, I feel like this is going to sound weird. The reason I was most worried about it was because I was more directly following a movie idea. That's And fair. that psychologically, the character, I, I felt I had railroaded them. Interesting. A bit more than usual. And I don't really see how that's possible. I mean, all of the other arcs were definitely different people. Mm. So maybe that was why I didn't feel like I was trapping them quite as much. Maybe. But this one, I'm trapping quote-unquote, a single person in this arc yeah. and dictating all of their movements over this weekend story. And that felt less satisfying to me. I was That's worried. Interesting. Uh, I was very worried. Now, when is it? Obviously, it feels to me like you didn't have planned from the start that each person was, or maybe you did, that each person coming in playing ostensibly the same character mm. was in fact playing a different season's version of that character doing the same run of escape rooms. I'm going to have to think about this. Did you this. come up with that like the day before recording episode nine and just throw it into Definitely the end? Definitely not. Like, or was it, like, how long was it planned? Because at the start, it doesn't sound like it was part of the when idea, right? When was the right? first time I told you, hey, Billy, you've been lying to our guests? Oh, I don't know, probably episode Somewhere in the middle. Six. Maybe again, it was around this five, six So that split. seems to be the moment that... Definitely, you... uh, uh, no, not definitely. I'm pretty sure by the wedding episode, I had decided yes, that. Yes, I think you maybe... You maybe I said think, something about that in episode six. I think halfway, six. I just turned everything around. Interestingly, I've just seen some more updated notes on this room page. Different pen, different handwriting. I came up with this later. Must have been around episode six, seven or so, because it's a new description of episodes eight to ten. Ooh, fun. Episode eight, 
tunnels, this is the weird room. You know, every one of <laughs> yeah. my season of my connected arcs has a weird one. You and a, definitely a, true. A multi-room grid. Yep. Episode nine. Meet Leilani, escape together dramatically, boat, then realize it's staged. I really wasn't convinced I could do a boat. Yeah, what? <laughs> a boat's not that hard. <laughs> And then episode 10, a replica of your newsroom job where you see all of the others, you can walk out or be the next Leilani character. No, that's... So yeah, yeah, I never stuck with that, but it was very much a thing that I had going on in my head. The idea of a cyclical Mm. seasons, but not the idea that every character was cyclical from each other, maybe. Like, Mm. that each person was playing a new... Yeah. A new version of the same character. Obviously, by episode 8, I was very much aware... Because that's when you find the blank brochure, old blank mm-hmm. brochure. Definitely knew that. I'm pretty sure I knew it by the wedding, but oh my God, why is it so hard to know? <laughs> boy, oh boy. Why didn't you keep a diary of every time you made a change? <laughs> you knew this episode was coming, Danny. You should have <laughs> dated changes. You should have every time you add a new thing, you should initial it and date it so that we all know exactly when those notes were written. This is going to be a historical artifact, this notebook. You're not wrong. And people need to know how to d- decode it. <laughs> oh, man, looking through some of these notes. Ridiculous. What's so ridiculous about your notes? Tell the world, Danny. They can't see your notes. I'll, I'll try to... Like, <laughs> there's a lot that I could go through, but we'll see. We'll find out when it's going to be the most appropriate to say it. Freaking chairs in the wedding room. Oh, they Danny. Were so, so annoying. Danny was obsessed with these chairs. I remember this was one mm. of these puzzles where Danny was designing the room. I had no idea what it was, but she just was like, hey, I'm stuck on a puzzle. Say random things. Well, like, just like, you know, I can't do this chair puzzle. I was like, well, why don't I say random things and maybe there'll be applicable mm. advice? And I just started saying advice that could apply to anything. And eventually one of them helped, I think, helped crack the idea of the chair puzzle. Mm. But you were stuck on that for a, a, like Ridiculous. a while. Ridiculous. Not knowing how to hide stuff in chairs, not knowing how to utilize chairs. Yeah, there, just, there had to be chairs felt, at the yeah, wedding. It felt like another one of those ones mm. where you were locked into chairs by the setting and then you didn't know what to do with them. Yep. And you, and you Hate it. And eventually we hid something in the chairs, the marker or the note or yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, half a note, I think. Yeah. Ridiculous. And it was about being, chairs being wobbly. We had to look into the inherent properties of chairs and think chairs can be wobbly mm. and we sold it that way. And I don't even think it was wobbly chair in the playtest. No, it wasn't. It was just look under a chair and we, that we hadn't had to look under yet. And I was like, well, how do you stop people looking under a chair? And, blah, blah. and it ended up being find the wob- find wobbly. And then that was, yeah, oh, a chair like could be wobbly. You check the chairs. You have to check them properly because they're in like like kind of grassy mud. So they don't wobble. Mm-hmm. But if you pick them up and try and wobble them, one of them has a wobbly leg. Yeah. Yeah. It was a whole big thing. That chair puzzle was multiple days of figuring out how to use, how to hide something in a chair and make it not be... Bad. Very. I think much it came so. out pretty well. I really like Find Wobbly. I think Find Wobbly is a great clue. I think it's just enough of a mini puzzle of like wobbly, wob- wobbly. <laughs> Chairs can be wobbly. It's like that. That maybe two seconds of what? And I think it works out really well. Hmm. Good, because that was a stress. <laughs> I'm really trying to sort of. I, so I've managed to narrow it down to like hmm. a one episode time frame, and I think it must have been. During episode six's existence, okay, that I made that during decision during the wedding episode. Yeah, because by episode seven, I know that for episode seven, I told you that you were lying to our guests. Okay, why was that? Why do you know that? How do you know that so well? 
Mm-hmm. Just memory? Just remembering the, our lives? I, I, I find it very vivid when I mock you. That's it's fair. I feel like it's that so rare you. that I know the stuff <laughs> that you don't, that you could, uh, that, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Danny just loves to mock me. That's yeah, what Exactly. But episode five, uh, in the prison, I very distinctly have a memory of Leilani being able to leave you notes and things uh, because this was before she was Leilani, mm-hmm. but when it was just your friend, your friend was a previous you. That's fun. That's uh, fun. Who had gone, oh, crap, I forgot. I did the police station thing. Yep, all right, this had to happen. Sure. Okay, and then you didn't think it. When, when did you finally decide that Leilani was going to be the one? You reckon it was <sighs> not until the actual episode eight? Is that why you made episode seven not reveal who it was? Because you're like, oh, I don't know who it is yet. I mean, obviously, by episode eight, I definitely... Well, yes, that's when it happens. You have to know But I do say episode nine, meet Leilani and escape together. So I hadn't decided it would happen at the end of episode eight. That I do remember. I feel like maybe episode five was the turning point. That's when when it came together. Because that's when it looks like stuff changed. Very much so. Up until five, it was running That's when I started realizing, wait, what I have written as my plan is not what I am building towards. There's a bunch of stuff that will be really unsatisfying if I do it this way. Interesting. Uh, but I, the decision to leave it as Leilani was definitely quite late because I was very worried about mm. it because I was worried, who the hell's going to remember that that character existed? <laughs> but you reacted very nicely to it, which made me happy. I liked it being Leilani. It was good. I, Leilani was and memorable. In thank first, you so in, in much to five. Paul and Guy for, accu- for <laughs> accurately emulating the right emotions despite I'm sure they hadn't listened to episode five <laughs> where Leilani was a character. For lying to our audience. That's what they did. <laughs> I mean, we explained everything oh, to Leilani. them. This was a thing that I was saying. I, I don't remember how verbally I expressed this to you, but I was really worried about you because you didn't know that it was Leilani either. Mm. And so I was very concerned because before we record, if guests uh, aren't caught up on everything, you explain to them what's happened uh, in the arc that they have missed. And I was very concerned because there was very, very little chance that in your here's what's happened this season recap to them, you would mention Leilani. <laughs> so I just figured there is no way they are going to know what this reveal is. <laughs> and did I? I mustn't have. Oh, no, there's no way you did. But as soon as you realized who it was, you I think made you were able to bring it back. It's interesting the kind of level of guest understanding because we obviously we're recording episodes before the next ones have been released. Yeah, we. And also, uh, it's impossible it for people onus, to be caught up. It is not much. the onus on our guests to have you go back to and listen to our catalog. Episode, of course not. Know, so when we make in jokes or or expect people to check the door or do, you know or expect people to know what's going on in an arc, mm. there's always a, a certain level of and this is some behind the scenes stuff for you of just kind of telling people, like, this is where we're at, this is the kind of stuff that's going on. Often you need to explain a lot of the episodes because there, there's no expectation that someone's coming in Absolutely with not. their own life and their own schedule and being like, oh, yeah, I have listened to Did every you single do your thing homework? coming up. And also, you know, oh, and we'll send you the unedited audio of the episodes <laughs> that haven't been released yet and you can listen to those first. Like, that would just be wild. Yeah, it's absurd. And I think that's one of those things that, like, that's the same for any character who, you know, if you're a guest character on a sitcom... You just rock up and they go, stuff's been happening this season. I you know, always wonder that. At the moment, Ross and Rachel that. are together uh, and they'll be like, what? Ross and Rachel get together? Like, yeah, yeah, it happens Happens in the start of the I series. I always wonder that, particularly you know, regarding voice acting. I just get, How much context do you get for what's going hmm, on in your lines often, right now? Often, I don't think you could expect that much. Yeah. Like, people have to be performers. And it's been really nice that you know we have guests across the board, and not just like when we get fancy guests, but across the entirety of the, se- of, of, of the entire series of, of Escape This Podcast. We get guests who are good 
at being a performer. And they're good at being able to be like, I'm jumping in. I don't know the context, but don't worry. I will, like, I'll play it by ear and I'll fit into this situation. Um, And oftentimes, you know, sometimes we get our stuff together really well and we'll be like, you're recording episode nine. None of this have been released yet. (laughs) So, you know, get on it. But, you know, people are very good at picking up on context Mm. that we give them and, and, getting into the moment so that it doesn't detract from the listener's experience. I think And I think we've been true. very, our guests across the board have been really good with that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so thank you so much to everyone. Oh, except for, no, no, they're all good. Well, except for... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, who are you going to hate? No, I'm not. I was going to say uh, the big exception to this is for episode 10 this season. <laughs> yes. Because they were caught up. Well, that was funny. That was funny, yeah, because for episode 10, uh, Dana was like, up to date. She had yeah. just binged the entire, and all of them at least had listened to at least a little bit of this arc mm-hmm. to get the idea of it. But yeah, Dana was up to date. She, she was like, knew what I'm she was ready. Doing. And, and you could tell that she was excited by things yeah. happening. She's like, oh my God, this is this thing. And it had come wow. across. She told the others what to expect, <laughs> what was happening. And, really, and it is helpful. It is nice. Well, it's not even helpful. It's just nice to be able to have people who come on and are also just like, I am so excited to find out what happens next. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, you know, because again, it, there's no expectation that people are up to date with the show or even fans of the show when they come on, right? Hmm. Like, or listeners, you know, I hope they're fans because they're doing it, but you know, not, not being listeners of the show, Yeah, you know, and you don't want to have that expectation for guests because then, then asking them on is work. It's like, exactly. Hey, we've got to come on our show. Our whole Here are thing eight hours of homework is that it's a bit easier for us to get guests because we're not making them Yeah, we don't make, it's not work, work to be on the show. Really. It's a game. It's a game that like, you can pay people all across the world to run a game like this mm. now, you know, after yeah. COVID happened, you can, you can do games like ours. For money anywhere, you know, you want. You can jump online and go run various companies that are running their own versions of these rooms, or even our version of these rooms mm-hmm. for people who couldn't stay open during during coronavirus. Still doing that? There must be. Why would you stop? <laughs> um, and so it's like we're going. Here's a game. It's an escape room. You would usually pay money for this. Obviously, you don't have to pay money for this, but we're going to record it and make it an episode. And I think that really helps. But yeah, you don't mm-hmm. want people to have to do work, and even like. I don't expect fans of the show to have listened to every episode. Mm. I don't expect friends and family to have listened at all. <laughs> you know, like, and I think one of those things as a podcaster that you get over is like you can be like very good friends with with creators and respect their work and really enjoy their but work. But you don't have your heart broken when they don't you get together, text right? you, you saying, oh, man, latest episode, woohoo. Yeah. But like, you know, you'll have stuff where you'll be like, oh, hey, um, I love you. I love your show. You're fantastic. Let's do lots of work together. I've only listened to two episodes because yeah. I don't have time because I'm making stuff and doing stuff. And How I think many episodes common. of Finish It had we listened to before we reached out to them and That's said, true, hey, can enough. we work with you? Not enough. Like we, half a dozen? We, when we did the first guest. We were guest, so behind. <laughs> we did the first guest spot on Finish It. They were like, we're going to do some conflicts and conflicts We now. had no we idea what that was. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, you know, but it's like, you can't expect that because there's so much, you know, and I know there are some people who like have to remind themselves of that. Like people, I know people in the audio drama space who are just like, I do not have to listen to every single new show. I'm allowed to like not listen to it. I'm still, that doesn't make me a bad person. And it's a thing that like you have to get over early on of the, but you listen to everything I've made, right? Mm. But no, no, we're still friends. We're still yeah. want to work together, you know? Um, and it varies. Sometimes we work with people where I'm just like, yes, I've listened to everything you've ever done and I want to, and I'm super and into somewhere it. And sometimes I am like, really enthusiastic about what you do. I haven't got I, there yeah, yet. I do not have the time to, like, it's not on my list. Yeah, you know, it's definitely how it works, got right? handfuls of both. Podcasts take up a lot of time. Absolutely. Sometimes different podcasts have different contexts in which you can listen to them. Yeah, true. Yeah, some things are, like, 
we're doing some we're doing some work. Oh, not some. We 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 have a guest spot on uh, Cancer Movie Report coming up, um, which I'm super excited for when that releases. Mm. I don't know what how that will relate to the release of this episode, but you know, uh, it's after. That's July. Yeah, sure. Um, and that's a show that like I think is fantastic. Mm. It's absolutely a phenomenal podcast. But I think when we did when. Uh, I feel like I had only listened to part of their first season because I listened to I'd the only listened to like 15 yeah. minutes. And just went, I love this show. And I think yeah. after we did our guest spot, we then went I back went on and, and binged and, everything. Yeah, like been through that whole first season. Like it's a fantastic show. Oh, so I remember good. I listened to their, their very first episodes and went, this is phenomenal. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I just find it like hard to fit in my because I had I felt like I was like had to I wanted to sit and really pay attention to it. Mm. And we also have those things where podcasts that we want to listen to together, so needing to find a time That's where we are true. both doing something podcastable. Mm. But I'm very glad we've now kind of caught up on a lot of their of their stuff. I hey, go listen to Cancelled Movie Report. It's, it's really good. They've just started their new season. They're doing so clean and crispy. Uh, the Nick Nicholas Cage Superman, Superman re. Superman Born lives. alive, Superman yeah, dies? something like that. <laughs> Superman lives and dies. It's fantastic. It's a really, it's a, it's a very well produced show. You should go listen to it. Mm. Uh, that, that's it. Now, uh, well, well, speaking of guests being caught up and things like that, mm. how do you feel about the fact that we didn't do previously ons for this season? We didn't do previously ons. Previously ons are a lot of work. They shouldn't be that much work, but, but I they find really them are. so much work yeah. to do a previously on. Even if it's just me reciting a previously on, like here's stuff that happened, it feels like so getting much. Getting the like, correct dot points is tough. Chronomaly, we stuck to a. A three-point system, right? For Chronomaly, every episode is introduced with, you know, previous on Chronomaly, the dibbity dibbity doo skibbity bubbity bum a dibbity bubbity boo Was that Chronomaly? Was that no, Solve that's this Solve murder? This Murder. Oh, that Solve This Murder was the three-point yeah. system. Yeah, and that now, takes a lot remember. of work to come what up with. What did we do for Chronomaly? I don't know. I don't have a clue. Did we do one then? I don't know. In Descent of the Culladins, I feel we, we did. did phone we did phone calls, we... but they were very loose. They were more just contextualizing each individual person rather than outright did saying what happened last time. one of them? Uh, Children of My Cyrus, I think. Children of My Cyrus, we did clips. That was a, that was way too much effort. Yeah. I remember being on a, so on a plane trip. We soured on them early. I remember being on a plane trip for Children of My Cyrus, and my thing that I did on the plane from Sydney to Melbourne or something uh, was to listen to the episode, and I, was, and I spent the plane trip just like doing a few episodes, mm. like jumping around and noting down in a little notebook these are the exact time signatures or time yeah. time signatures. These exact uh, timestamps for when I want to take audio, and I did like four or five episodes because we must have had that one fairly pre-recorded, um, and to add in as as yeah, wild as it's previously on, it was lot of so effort. much effort. Um, we didn't do previously on for this episode. No, so um, we just went. Sorry, you got to come in at the start if you want to listen to this one. What is wild is that I did previously ons. For every new guest, because I told them what had happened yeah. previously. I could have really done a quick previously on. Well, I don't know, because those explanations really they were, stretched they, they out. Take a Some of them time. could take like 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, we could have done more previously, but we didn't. Hmm. I wonder if that, if you're listening to this and you thought it was missing some previously ones, you would have preferred them. And give us some tips to how to make them efficiently. Yeah, well, or also just tell us and we'll do it. Just tell us that you want them oh. and we'll do it, I guess. I guess. Will we? It's interesting, because the previously on stuff is like... You don't need to know so much about the details of each room, just a little bit of meta story. It's because, you know, like, you don't need to be like previously on, they solved this puzzle. Yeah, like, you know. for sure. Uh, so we could do them pretty, I'm sure we could find a nice, easy way to do them. Maybe. But we didn't. And I don't think it was too, I, I feel like people do need to listen to this one in order. I feel like it's a hard one to it jump in It would be on. weird if they And didn't. if you do jump into a random episode, which some people do because they, they like the guest, mm. you know, I'm sure there are hey, riddle people, hey, riddle, riddle true, people true. who are just like, I want to listen to 
to JPC, say something funny. What a funny guy. Uh, um, but when you do that, then you don't kind of care about the meta story. So the, the previously on doesn't matter because the room is still yeah. self-contained. So once you do the it's intro, it's almost mix, like the intro it? to the room is enough of a previously on. Yeah. You know, because uh, the intros maybe. have that flavor, like this has been happening and now you're here. And if you need to know more, then you should be listening from episode one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Theoretically, I just said, uh, you've been Truman Showed and I could work with that. We, we could work with that as just <laughs> yeah. being the previously on enough. Welcome to chapter eight of What Alice Found. You've been Truman Showed. All right. And then I'll Daddy, go straight into the intro episode, and I think it'll work. Yeah. Because, uh, the, yeah, the intros, are, I think, ground people in the narrative enough that, like, if they don't know what's happening, they still have enough context to not be, like, completely lost. Mm. So I think we didn't really need... Maybe we don't need them ever again. You know what? We'll never do them. We're never going to do one ever again. No more previously ons. All right. I'm, oh. with, it. I'm with you. <laughs> Make that All right. work. Do we want to find some, some guests? Some, yeah. Some, some listener questions? Yeah, let's do that. I've got a few sources. Oh, no, rather. I've got two sources. Ew. I've got a couple on Twitter and most on the Discord. Ooh. Maybe I'll check the Twitter ones first. Yeah, okay. I'll see if I can find those. I've got to find where I ask for the questions. And then I can find the responses. I don't think, I think there's only one or two on Twitter. Most of them are on the Discord. We're gonna, we have a question from Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, this is from uh, Andy Wrights. Mm -hmm. That's at AndyHawk92 on Twitter, uh, who says, The twist at the end really surprised me, the premise of the escape. Uh, they didn't want to give too many uh, <laughs> That's nice. spoilers to anybody on Twitter. Was that always the plan? <laughs> now, we've sort of covered that a little bit here. That the Very much wasn't so. The plan. Not even a little bit. The idea of going full running man at the end and destroying everything. Sorry, spoilers for... I don't... Spoilers I haven't even... Running Man. I haven't seen the movie Running Man, so I don't spoilers know. Spoilers for the book, The Running Man. Yeah. Is it a book? Short story. Yeah, novella. Yeah. Uh, oh, really great. Loved it. Um, but yeah, just going full explode everything was a very last minute decision. Very last minute? Very much so. Even right before writing that room, there was still always the idea of, is there some way to make this work so that it is you inserting yourself into the next season's life mm. to try to leave clues around? Like the idea of you going back to all of your previous locations and putting clues in in some way. Yeah. But I just said it was just a that, mess it up. Baby. I didn't get good inspiration flashes with those. So and there's also that leaves such a feeling of like, and this cycle shall continue forever. This was nicer to have like a finality to the, and so the cycle ends. That was kind of why I ended up steering away from the bleak psychosis ending. Yeah. Fair. Because Want some hope. Enjoy. It, I mean, yeah, a little bit. I like finality. That's fair. Even if there was still a little bit at the end of maybe this will happen again sometime, but it'll be okay. Mm. Uh, and the follow-up question is, was the player character born in the show mm. raised there? If so, how old was NPH's character slash the other use? Mm. They then say they love the show. That's your that's your uh, compliment. Oh, thank you. Uh, this is a very difficult question in terms of I didn't think too deeply about this. I have things like Leilani tells you at one stage, no, you haven't been recorded for your whole life. But of course, there's now ambiguity about how truthful mm. she's being. And also the idea of like not recorded your whole life Does not doesn't mean, mean you were in prepped. the real world. Like, yeah. yeah, you may have been in this world, but not like... The character. I think you know. that was my impression that this was some sort of option that parents could give to their children crazy early on. Yeah. To just as soon as they're old enough to see if they've got some sort of aptitude mm. for being in front of a camera. Yeah, they move to a new town. Exactly. And their background, their extras 
for this person's season and then they pick up as the new because yeah as like we were casting a new Blake for the next season that new Blake was already an adult so the person who's mm. coming in is not coming in as a kid no right they're starting as an adult yep so you can't just bring someone into that and then trick them into changing what the world is. Yeah, and like with any time travel room, this one definitely has a lot of questions. That the more you give definitive answers, the more likely it is <laughs> you're going to put a in hole it. in it. Yeah. So I tried to leave it relatively open, but I think that was generally my picture. Fair. All right, let's jump over to the Discord. All right. To the Discord. All right, so here we go. Let's go through the questions we got on Discord. Why did they call it Discord? Um, because, you know... It's the opposite of what it is. It's ironic. It creates harmony, so they called it Discord. Mm. Um, so here we go. Mm -hmm. uh, Dark Forks nice. asked, uh, now again, questions we've already answered. Mm. Did Danny know from the beginning that there would be the final meta-type episode, or did it evolve while the arc was being written? Yeah, man, it wasn't just that one that I didn't no, know was coming. Yeah, not just the final, a lot of it I evolved. didn't know the entire second half was going to be where it was. I knew that there was going to be a boat somewhere. <laughs> That's all you that knew. That was it for a the boat. last five episodes. Yeah. I didn't even know there was going to be a wedding, for God's sake. That's true. So, yeah. So, I think we've already answered your question. Mm. So, why do you even ask it? Gosh. Um, Craig JW asks, is the main character actually named Alice? What sort of fun did you have dodging around names and genders? The effort was excellent. Oof. Okay, so this is going to be another just point. Uh, no, at no point in my notes have I called this character Alice. No, and again, it's I think that's because just... we didn't name the arc Alice until like we were publishing the first episode. I mean, that's true, but I like giving it a whole Fight Club Jack sort of thing yeah, going on, where it's Alice is the representation of you. It's not necessarily yeah, literally you, but you are Alice. Mm. But are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get to choose whether you're Alice. Yeah. Um, uh, but okay. Now, this is very curious to me because I did degender Blake, Blake no gender. right at the start. And to me, when we first were doing that, that felt like a, if we leave Blake's gender unspecified, right? Has a unisex name, mm. stick with gender neutral pronouns. Um, then that allows not just like... I don't think it was so much making a character who was like a non-binary character, but it was more just having ambiguity over that character. So it never felt like we had to say to the guests, like, you're playing a woman marrying a man or you're playing a gay man or now exactly. you're playing. And that doesn't change. Like it can basically, it changes every time. So the whole gender situation remains unspecified and in flux so that like, that relationship is just, you are a person, you have a person you're going to marry. Precisely. And then we don't need to have the guests like be like, what, I need to role play as a, a straight woman or a, or a, or a gay woman or a straw or a bi, you know, like they don't, mm. you don't have to worry about that. You're just like, you are however you picture yourself and you are going to marry whoever you picture. Now, I think it helped that in the end, what it meant was, um, it, it transitioned really easily into time. you. It was a different person every time. Their gender was a different every time. Their, you know, maybe sometimes they were a man or a woman or non-binary, and it changed every time. And you don't know because we never specified it, and that's how you didn't notice that they were different characters every time. This is very much what I am looking in my notes for to help me figure this out because I remember like, having a moment of going, "They're different Blakes in my head," and for some reason that mm. idea feels earlier. Than all of the other stuff of you are different yous, and that makes no that sense. Blake was being recast. 
man, I am baffled about when mm. this particular thing happened. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It started out as just the general form. Yeah, of trying to, to allow it to fit any guest. Exactly. And then turned into, no, my God, of course there's a reason for this. Maybe Blake is non-binary. <laughs> Maybe not. They're different Blakes. Yeah. I wonder if that's what made you think of different characters because you had the capacity to think of different Blakes. Maybe it was. Maybe that's what spurred that's on the twist was just the fact that we had a gender neutral Blake. I'm so frustrated that I can't find a note that gives this aha moment. <laughs> uh, what I think that's a fun thing uh, to say about this which is that being able to do this and on the run and change things on the run to things that fit the story better, they feel like solving a puzzle in itself. Oh, that was your puzzle that you got to solve. I mean, yeah. Writing out story plans, that is my puzzle. I love doing that so much. Wonderful. Uh, Here's another question, but it's marked as a spoiler. Ooh. Was the first episode the first season? Oh, oh, the in-universe yeah. first season. So that's like, was that the original? Was were, were the McElroys the original Alice? I find it highly doubtful. There's always you a... You think ch- the show has had more than 10 iterations? There's always a chance that they were the first ones where they decided, hey, what if we plan out the last season of the show? Sure, that was the first instance of escapey stuff. Yes, but I don't think I had it in my head. I'm not saying it... Couldn't have been the case had I thought about it more because this wasn't a question that I'd mm. thought about as creating the room. So it could be true. It was not in my head as being the first one. Here's a real question. Were mm. they even in order? Maybe Neil was the first one, but we only <laughs> saw his fifth room. That was always possible. Mm. I do say know. in his monologuing that he found some people from before him. Ah, damn. Maybe Paul and Guy were the first ones. And we only just... No, because I had a Leilani who was canonically... No, that's a fake. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. But no, I don't think it was canonically the first ep- season. Not but necessarily. It yeah, it could have been. You know, Danny, as the author, is dead. And therefore, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Uh, Citizen of Zen. If you want to fa- make some fan fiction about the show's producers coming up with this idea for an escape season when the ratings drop. Please do. All and for send it. it send, well, do, would you totally. like people to send it to In us? Fact, actually, while we're talking about Neil, I don't know about you. But I felt very mean giving him the uh, lines to say in terms of, I'm sorry, this is a bit of a spoiler. (laughs) Oh, no, you're right, because we do know that he actually does listen to the show. (laughs) We should have given it to someone who hates us. Um, Citizen of Xanth asks, what was your favourite puzzle to design? I don't think you named who gave that last question, by the way. Oh, it was Akvo. Thank you, Akvo. Not letting you go forgotten. Citizen of Xanth asks, what was your favourite puzzle to design? What was the puzzle... Did you have the hardest time creating? <laughs> Friggin' chairs. Okay. Ch- chairs was definitely the hardest puzzle. Yeah. The hardest time was this, t- and it's such a subtle thing. It wasn't even a puzzle. It was just fitting something into these chairs yeah. in a way that was organic. I'm sure I'll be able to find more puzzles that I found frustrating along the way. Okay, first room, no, things went okay smoothness-wise for that. I don't remember any particular highlights, lowlights. Um, the bakery... Ah, I, again, I quite liked things. I can't remember anything standing like, I mean, I I love them all, but... Can I ask about some puzzles? How did you feel about designing those chain puzzles that were holding the boat in place? (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, that's one of those ones where it's just so nice when things work. And that's the, I, I love that kind of puzzle where it's just things sort of fall into place really naturally. Like, oh man, coming up with these three letter words, this just keeps working. I keep coming up with three letter words that are going to happen. The numbers one, meh, that didn't matter quite as much. No. But yeah, those letters the just going. like it would have been satisfying. Oh, uh, that was quite fun. Um, oh, the third room one. No, again, that's not what or I Or the want. other puzzle that was tough, as yeah. people can can go back and listen to it, was the creaking floor puzzle. Ridiculous. That, that was such a pain. Room. That was a huge that was pain really to annoying. figure it out. Um, okay, one that I did really like in room four, the DVDs with the stars. That was phenomenal. That. I do that was a lovely puzzle. I really that was a standout puzzle this season, I think. The multiple DVDs that had weird star ratings, and you have to work out yeah, the like, number of stars is equal to the number of words, and the stars that are filled in is the equal to which that part you want or part of the word that, that you want. One of them was like two thirds yeah, of a word. Two thirds of a word. Yeah, it was so so smart. I really thought that was fantastic. I was really happy with that one. The hardest was, part I think was that coming was my, up with a movie with thumb in the title. I think that was my favorite puzzle <laughs> as a from a solving and satisfaction puzzle, like. On the player end, I think that was my favorite puzzle of the arc. I thought it was lovely, and ah, oh, damn, players in that room, Ed, Rose, and Alex, well, they, were they were kicking all they, kinds they of ass. They caught on to everything very quickly. I was that makes it, you feel so happy but when that I happens. That was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to draw a nonogram. For the wedding puzzle, take a look. I have oh. I have a lot of problems trying to yes. experiment with that. But that's like actual like a classic puzzle thing and trying to design how that can only be true. Did yeah. you look up like rules of how to design a nonogram or nope. did you just try and do it yourself? I just tried to do it myself. Wow, that's I kept fun. the picture you know, fairly simple in the end. I was trying to decide whether to have two arrows, so you're pointing in different places that you got to dig into, mm. but that was just too much of a pain. And then clearly you can take a look at these, trying to decide what direction could the yes, arrow face, could I make arrow, it go diagonal? arrow pointing diagonally. Too much of a pain. Up. Horrible. Oh, so yeah, that was all a bit silly. One? Um, oh, I feel like there was something in the movie theater that I enjoyed, but who knows what that could have been. The other one that I really liked in that last episode, the elevator puzzle. Yes, I thought that was fantastic mm. as well. The fact that that works out so smoothly. Yeah, so saying you have to start at this floor, you have to end at this floor, and you have to go down, down, up, down, up. And there's only one order that that can work in. I'm mm. pretty sure. I, I no, again, we just it. ones we that find anything else. ones that feel like they just happen to work. They just feel like they're falling in front of you. Yeah, I love that feeling that so was much. Really nice. Uh, all right, next question uh, from Keith Moser mm. asks, uh, "What was the uh, sorry?" asks, "Was the last room built specifically for four people, or did you just have the opportunity to play with all four Good Job Brain <laughs> hosts?" And the room would be fine with one to two players. Very much that it was just the luck of having four people. Mm. I, I don't think I've ever designed something specifically for four people. That's that's quite a lot, and especially on a podcast. Well, like as as an audio room, any you can always have four people yeah, playing. I was one of say, those. I think all like, of our rooms fine. are effectively designed for four people. For sure. The it's only thing that, that we usually have smaller groups for is that on podcasting, podcasts, it's hard to t get four people to not interrupt each other a lot and mm. to all have different sounding voices. And I think when we do have even I think in general, when we have more than two people at any point it is only when they themselves have already worked together yeah, they, they know what the, they, yeah they like know how I would stuff. have all of the Dungeons and Daddies people on together mm. because they know how to keep the flow going and not talk over each other and, and right exactly. and so good job brain we know they are four people 
who make a four-person mm-hmm. podcast. So it's easy to be like, we can keep them on and treat them as one thing almost because we know that they'll just like work together really smoothly. But it is a hard thing to get and to, it's a... Yeah, precisely. It's, a, it's a, a dynamic you have to really cultivate over time. So we couldn't get... It's much harder if we get four random people and try and stick them together. That mm. would be much harder to turn into good podcast audio. Yeah, exactly. And I would say these rooms could be all done by one person. I don't think you will get the I mean, most fun out I, of them. I did almost exactly. all of them as one person. Yeah, I don't think you get the most fun out of no, them that way. Like, I think the talking with each other. Yeah, I think two is a good is minimum. Cool. But yeah, mm. I think four, you could do any of the rooms. Yeah, for sure. Right, but. Because w- once you accept that people can be speaking over, like when you're not worrying about the clarity of your audio... And getting it across to other people who are listening, then four is, is easy to manage. Yeah. It's just people have. I fun. think we are getting to a stage where three people for these rooms has felt pretty ideal mm. in terms of being able to get through all the puzzles properly, but not feeling like someone has been left out as the other three was yeah, ahead of them. That's fair. Um, all right. Uh, another question mm-hmm. from uh, Aiden who asks, uh, how much of the story was pre planned mm. and how much changed throughout the writing? Yeah. Again, we've covered definitely. that. We've covered that. Oh, I've been through a lot of that. Uh, Very stressful. Very uh, another another question. So, so there you are, Aiden. You've already had your answer a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam J. Sperling asks, uh, what is the order you come up with, overall story, episodic Ooh. story, and puzzles? Does every step inform the others? Now, that is true. We've talked a lot about individual room creation mm. and the fact that it base- usually goes room theme, room objects, connections, then puzzles. Yeah, and as for plotline of individual rooms, uh, usually somewhere, I definitely come up with the theme of the room first, and then I think I usually come up with what the plot of the room is before drawing the objects, but sometimes I'll draw an object first. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then at that stage, I will not make any connections between objects until I know what the end goal of the room is. Okay. Um, Because it definitely seems in general the idea is you get, here's the story the arc is going to tell. It's going to tell it in 10 rooms with these themes. Yep, pretty much. So, yeah, like I said, uh, that Truman Show, here's the overall one-sentence description. That was the first thing I had written for this arc. So definitely the overall story. The next thing I have written is actually what I want the meta puzzle to be. Because I want a meta puzzle. I do think I underused meta puzzle in this one to an extent. A little bit, yeah. yeah. It didn't really inform the story. It just helped with one puzzle. Exactly. Which, I mean... Well, what are the other meta puzzles we've done? We did a meta puzzle for Culloden's. Uh, what we? was the meta puzzle for Culloden? What was the meta? Was the meta puzzle for Culloden's? There was a meta puzzle for you were getting letters, the objects that you were getting. Yes, they did something. You were putting people. You were capturing ghosts in objects. Yeah, and something about was it the? Oh my god, this is the wrong notebook for Culloden's. I think true. So, I can't yeah. remember, but it felt. But if it was using the ghosts themselves that we trapped, and then doing something with, like what? that, did feel. Oh, Danny's grabbing oh, a my, Culloden's oh, notebook. My, my. <laughs> I just can't remember. I'd forget everything since right? we've done it. They don't stay in it's my head. Absurd. Okay. If we stop this podcast in a year, I'll be like, did we ever have a podcast? Uh, yeah, objects that spell Michelle. That's right. That's what it was. They spelled out Michelle. And so right, that was nice like very tied to the main story. Yeah. They gave us new information. Chronomaly, Chronomaly, you were getting, or you were like finding objects and things like that. The, like you were finding this rock yes. that was around. So it was just all sort of into that. It didn't feel much like a meta puzzle and more like a mystery element yeah. that we were finding. And that was nice, but they were very story heavy. Whereas this one mm. didn't end up really being story. No. It had a c- connection to 
the person giving them out. Mm. But yeah, there wasn't a huge connection to informing us about bigger story elements. Yeah, yeah, so right. So you're right, we could have maybe done it a little bit yes. better. I, a... I was very much at a stage of trying to figure out how to make that a solution to a big puzzle that would get you out or into something or other uh, right at the end of an episode, mm. but it just never felt quite right. Yeah. So in the end, yeah, it just ended up being a little bit of ham-fisted advertising. Mm. But no, in general, it is it is that exact kind of story of overall episode, overall story first, mm. then each individual room story, and then each room is designed the, the way you would usually design a room. Yeah, so like the very first one, uh, I have episode one. I knew I wanted it to be through the looking glass, but the first thing I have written is, I, I think I would have drawn the room, and then in squishy little writing up the top and around the sides, I have, you're doing an escape room for work, but your colleagues hinder way more than they help get out without getting fired. Awesome. All right. Uh, another question? And, oh, as oh, far, yeah. do they influence each other? Yeah. yeah I mean, the, coming up with the goal of the room, the story of the individual room, 100% influences what the puzzle is going to be. Mm. Doesn't influence too much what objects go in the room, but no. it really determines, okay, which object is this room going to end on? That's interesting, knowing like, that the, the storyline you part. want to I have finish to know my ending. Points. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. Uh, another question from uh, from Sarah who asks, uh, I keep wondering about the photo in the garage. Oh, yeah. Is it staged or was the car just not used for years except as a prop? Or what is the connection there? Now, I was trying to remember. We were talking about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, this is the photo of Blake's childhood beach holiday. Yes. And with, it had the which happened to have the same car, car, which you've just received as a present from mm. these parents that wasn't implied to be an old car. Uh, my impression was this was very much a stage photo with different actors in it that was meant to be a thing of Blake's childhood, but absolutely wasn't a thing from Blake's yeah, childhood. Yeah, so that was, that was a, a recent photo taken yes. by production with different actors playing the young version yep. of the parents, and a child actor for Blake. Someone didn't consider that as a maybe continuity error. Yeah, they didn't catch the continuity error of why is this car here? We're using this yeah. car already. Well, you know what? That photo had probably existed for a while, so whoever came up with the give you a car as a present from the parents... Mm -hmm. Probably wrote money. a scripted line. No, they probably just wrote a scripted line saying what a brand new car or whatever, or they zero or, yeah. or, or they didn't consider making it an antique car. Yeah. Like and it so, should have and been. So it was a continuity error that was caught that you that wasn't caught. And then you yeah. see, you know, wait a minute, what's going on? But like it was really nice in the room to just kind of create a sen a general sense of creepiness mm. and that things are wrong. But it was hard to define why is this the way it is. But yes. that makes sense that it was a, it's a staged photo. I think it does. Again, Anytime I give an answer, there's a chance I'm opening myself up to a plot hole. I th but I think that one was solid. Lovely. That question got three people pointing to it. Oh, no. Pointer, with a little pointer emoji saying, mm. What have I done? So, um, but I think that makes sense. It makes sense that that's what it is. I think this room had the most things changed. The garage room. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I even wrote the things that need to be changed from playtest to real room in angry red. There was a, so few, there was like a, lot, a lot. The whole, like, the darkness changed and oh. where things were changed and putting a radio in a yeah. boat and doing all this other weird I, stuff. I had changes. a lot of changes as I went through it. I really wanted a smell puzzle in here for some reason. Well, too bad. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, uh, another question. Or a question from uh, Karamoya Zest. Ooh. Or Charamoy. Yeah, I was going to say, you must have had fun trying to figure out how to pronounce that. I just winged it. Good job. Karamoy Zest asks, uh, they have a question about the first Alice episode. Okay. Uh, they love the puzzle. With, oh, so I'll just read it out. I won't, I won't change the. Okay. I love the puzzle within the puzzle that was figuring out that the NPCs were sabotaging solving the room. Again, wish I had done more. 
that's lovely on the level of both puzzling and also tabletop role-playing, because mm. then you get to engage with the NPCs. Mm. Did you worry that that would be too hard to figure out, that the NPCs were taking necessary clues? How mm. did you plan what level of their room impeding would be? I can see it in the write-up that they reveal what they have if asked about it. Did you think about making them more or less helpful when pressed? Honestly, uh, before the playtest, I thought that it was going to be fairly straightforward that anyone who has done an escape room would immediately be suspicious of them. Mm. Uh, when you're forced into an escape room with people that you didn't really want to be in, you can't trust them. Sure. But you did not jump straight to that right no, away. And no, so it definitely ended up harder than I expected it to be, apparently. Mm. So there were, in the write-up, more little things like uh, rubbing her, Ginny rubbing her head as if something yes, had hit her, stuff changed. like that. Uh, we had... Um... Something to do with uh, his with with Mr. Howe's glasses. Yeah, being an optional or... thing. Like if you hadn't noticed him, then he's it is crawling. A... He's been crawling around, yes. losing stuff, finding like, stuff. Like it had to be a big moment because it mm. is a big moment because it is a like I don't think that people go in with the assumption that they can't trust the NPCs that you've given them. Like I think they feel like they're flavor, <laughs> but they're solving it. The idea of needing to not solve it's interesting because it's like. It's well, an escape it's interesting room. to me because I would never assume that an NPC is there to actually help me. Well, well, this is the thing, right? It's like if, to look at the NPCs as part of the puzzle is to acknowledge that the theme of this escape room that we're doing right now is not Alice through the mm. looking glass themed. The escape room we are doing is not an Alice it is. themed escape, escape room. It is escape room with co-workers It is themed. an escape room with, co yeah, it's an escape room yeah. themed escape room. But the escape room that you are doing is not the escape room that your character is doing. That's You are playing fair, a different escape room than your character. And that's, I think that's the moment. When you mm. start downing the NPCs, you're like, oh, that's right. I am not doing the Alice escape room. I am doing the the escape this podcast mm. escape room that is built around that. Yeah, you're you right. Know? And so that's the moment you have to think. Maybe oh, for first time players of our room, it is exceptionally it's tough. Because right? it's like, oh, I get it now. Like I'm not doing that. And room. for a I'm first doing... room of a season as well, maybe mm. that's extra tough because you have to go into a season knowing that there are seasonal expectations as well. But for room one, you don't have any of that yet. So yeah. you might be more inclined to go along with what you're told exactly. rather than challenge that's things. That's the thing that's interesting. So is, it was quite tough. Is, yeah, this wasn't that that escape room wasn't the mm. escape room. That was the escape room yeah. in our escape. And room. again, that which is why weird. I wish I'd managed to incorporate it more like made them screw up more stuff for you i don't know i think that it was a good amount i think if yeah. it was more it would have been too much okay. i think the, the the level it ended up being like it was just enough that it was like yeah, that was the it would have been point. like they screw up one easy thing for you and then one hard thing for you which i suppose mr howard did like yeah, he, he breaks did, like, the, the puzzle and up. he stole a piece of paper yeah. and then you find like later on there's an actual screw up that you mm. have to solve i think it's the perfect i think more would be too much. Okay. I think it's a good level because it's like, it is that moment of as soon you have to kind of hint harder and harder to the, why is it, you know, there should be something under the table. Mm. Why isn't there anything under the table? And also with the thing that helps is then gradually adding more and more, you know, how has been searching around the floor. You know, he's been crawling around, you know, he's unhelpful. Mm. You know, he thinks yeah. he's too cool. Like you keep adding more of these how facts of like, you know, I think we even got to the point of being like, I already checked that table is or something like that. Yeah, like, we ended up you know, having quite a decent. Like, I was happy to have you there in case you wanted to jump in with an NPC line, yeah. and which which I think we did. And but it's that moment of wait a minute, did you find anything? Mm. And then when they're like, yes, I did. It's like cool, I've cracked that code, and mm. the rest of the room just like flows together. And that room, more than anything, was the one that felt like it was building up and building up and building up and not going anywhere, <laughs> and not going. Yeah. Like, they were just getting. You know, they had solved nothing. Like. 
45 minutes in. Yeah, and like, when they sold, sold something, it and led it to nothing. Went over that hill and then went, all right, let's go. Here's where our rewards are. Yeah, and so it was like that was the thing you had to crack. And I think more, too much more mm. of that would have been like, no, I already solved that puzzle. I already solved the yeah. they're not helping puzzle. That's fair. Don't make me solve it over and over again. So I think it worked out really well. I think one interesting part of this was, again, we have done now multiple uh, meta escape room escape rooms in which the whole point is the escape room isn't very good. But this one, I really want to emphasize, no, you have heard this escape room <laughs> is solid. Yeah, it is really great. Is Your partners are watching. You know, you know you've got a GM who's watching you and is great. It's, it should be all good. Yeah. So then trying to figure out what else is the problem if it's not the room. Mm. Well, I think it was a good balance mm. in the end. Uh, all right. <sighs> Miranda. Uh, Miranda has some questions. Mm -hmm. uh, for Danny. Yo. Uh, what was something that surprised you about how the arc ended up? Or to put it differently, <laughs> what is something that happened in the arc that you didn't foresee when you were in the initial planning stages? So this is a slightly different question. We've talked about the changes you made, mm. but were they due to any reason? Was there anything that happened that made you think, oh, I didn't even think about that. I should change this or change that. I think very much it was in Room 5 when the solution to the end of Room 5 was the word movies, your local cinema, and then it was just collectively agreed. I don't know, during the episode, during the podcast, This Escape, or off camera, we all just said, oh, cool, so we're off to the movies. And mm. I just froze and went, how did Wait, I not realize that's what everyone is going to think? Yeah. Like, I was definitely surprised by my own stupidity <laughs> a decent amount of the time. Um... Surprised. 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 What surprised you, Danny? I suppose it's hard for too much to happen that you don't foresee, because most stuff that happens is solving the puzzles that you've written. There's, there is one correct solution. It's hard to come up with things that are like, oh, what's... Like, I didn't, you know, why did that happen? Maybe more in playtest stuff. Was there stuff that happened during the playtest that made you think, oh, my gosh, I never even thought about that, that had to lead to some changes? For sure. For sure. Hmm. Yeah, again, like, uh, well, those NPCs being untrustworthy, I, I didn't expect that to be as tricky as it was. I didn't expect you to find the little pun words as hard as you did in episode 10. I oh, know but that. Oh, guests didn't, so that yep. was fine. <laughs> that was all good. Uh, I didn't expect that uh, wheel door, the pull, push, pull, uh, with the letters and how many of each letter was in the instructions mm. that we completely changed in the final episode Complete from the playtest. Yeah. And uh, this is in room eight in the sewers. The puzzle to get the big wheel bank vaulty like door open that was a hundred percent different in the playtest. Mm. I didn't expect yeah, that one. Yeah, it felt to like in that playtest you were more shocked. All I was that we didn't just get it straight away. Yeah, I, all I was worried about was the wooden floorboards puzzle yeah, the entire no, time. That one ended up being that didn't occur to me even a little bit. Mm. Yeah, but that was an interesting. I one. very much didn't expect the clouds. No, fury. okay, that's nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, the clouds uh, in episode nine in the boat, um, following the map of clouds, caused a big mess of what direction you were looking at. Whether you were looking down from head on, whether up meant forward, yeah, or whether it, it meant foolish. literally three D up. That was a big old mess. Yeah, um, and for me. Uh, Miranda has a question for, mm -hmm. for Bill. Well, was there anything that surprised you as well? Um, well, I mean, playing the arc, heaps of things that surprised me. I mean, the fact that there were multiple U's was a huge surprise. 
Uh, Leilani being the helper was surprised that then was like, oh, that makes so ah, much sense. I love it. The fact that there are multiple countries with door in them. Damn <laughs> yep, it. That surprised you. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like the surprise of you still being watched, those red blinking lights being a thing that was watching <laughs> oh, you. That, that was, a, was a thing that I mildly regretted because that was definitely a thing that I came up with yes, later. You wanted to and then, then I sure went, this- crap. How many rooms did I actually still include blinking yeah, lights in? Because like in the, cinema, in the cinema, I'm pretty sure like I had a uh, like there's the lock keeping you the guard the wall that keeps yeah. you from the two parts of lobby, and that's a thing where people were like trying to scan tickets, and it you was saying nope, not that ticket. Light. And I'm pretty sure at that point I definitely hadn't come up with the red blinking light but thing still in cameras, but. I had deliberately gone, have I used blinking lights a bit too much? Let's not make this one do the same red blinking light. And that was very foolish. So I should have made sure that I was incorporating that. Because the sewers had one. The sewers had one on like the alarm had a red blinking light that was clear and all this. Yeah. And I I think it was around then probably that I decided that was a thing. Um, Yeah. This is the sort of thing where this is still roughly a first draft. I mean, Mm. I suppose a second draft if you include playtests. But storyline-wise, it was all a first draft. And it's the sort of thing where if you're a real professional, I would go back and I would change that. And it would be a very small change. I could easily do that. No, you can't say out there now. You can't Mm. change them. For me, what was your favorite room to playtest or one stuck Mm. out to you a lot? Um, That is interesting. There were a lot of fun ones to play test. It was fun this season to do a two-person play test with uh, with the mm. patron, Versandra. That was fun. Um, it took the took the weight off my shoulders a little bit. <laughs> um, some of those late rooms, I got very I got very uh, broken by puzzles that shouldn't have broken me at all. So like the ocean one was was the toughest to play test. Um, I mean, I really loved four in terms of because we're just saying like my favorite puzzle ever mm. was in four. The favorite puzzle of this arc. So there's a lot of fun stuff in 4. And 4 had like such a classic escape roomy vibe that I really enjoyed playing it. But in general, I think I liked playing them all. I loved, like, even though there were a lot of changes, I loved the, the garage one just as a weird, like... That was a very but weird one. we had a one. few catch-ups in that, like, that mm-hmm. I that oh, yeah. had to change in terms of, like, how I pictured it and what that meant and how dark it was and what I could do. Exactly. And, um, and how to interact, like, what what like what the technology does, like... What what am I doing with a radio or a speaker mm. or what am I trying to play? So I remember having lots a lot of like things that changed in that one, but but it still stuck out because I love the the theming of it. I liked this like I'm just literally trying to get into my car and I love that <laughs> idea. I, like I love these simple things. Um, but I think number four was was really fun to play through. I thought they had some really cool puzzles. I love the hands on the door with the smudges. And you have to do yeah. the, just the thumbs. There were so many interesting little uh, bits. Again, so happy that I designed that. You looked at the picture and said, oh, no, demon hands. Yes. And like, yes, you recognize them as hands. Yeah, I think that one was really fun. <laughs> uh, another question for Danny from Chintus. Okay. Who asks, uh, how much time is spent writing the story versus creating the puzzles? We've mostly touched on a lot of this sort of stuff, but, but when you do an arc, do you think it's mostly, is it how, I suppose the question really is, Time-wise, how similar is writing an arc to writing 10 equivalent standalone rooms? Uh, it's not the craziest amount longer. In general, like the very first page of notes to come up with, what each of the 10 rooms is going to be and what the connected story is going to be, that's a very quick process. It's one of those ones that I, I say, cool, I've done this. That's a full day of work when really it was an hour. Yep. Uh, so that doesn't take very long. But the there is more... 
you know that feeling like when you're at university or something and so it's not like the end of a work day you can just shut down and forget about it you always have assignments to do so it's always in the back of your head that's much more what a connected arc is like because especially if I know from the start there's something that doesn't feel quite right mm. I'm always going to be thinking about it, I'm always going to be thinking where could this story go differently what am I missing and changes kept happening so it felt much more like a mental effort even mm. when I wasn't physically doing more work for it oh interesting so the story's kind of always being tweaked in your head. For this one, <laughs> For exceedingly this one, so. And they're always, in every single arc, once we start to get to the twist episode or the reveal episode, where one of them has a really long conclusion or a really long mm. introduction, usually episode eight or nine, those ones always are a mental load just waiting to come. That is a huge amount of effort to get the explainy, exposition-y bit out of the way. Fair. That's always a huge one. And you never have to worry about that with standalones. True. Um, another one from, uh, Danny's going to read the name of this one. You know, just uh, right here with my... Silly the Bob? Yep, we'll go with that. Silly Bob? Silly Bob. Silly Bob? Silly Bob. Bob. It's a D-H, that's a V for sure. Is it, yeah, is it, is it Gaelic? Oh, so... Killeth, Killeth Bob? Oh, I don't know why you're saying all those consonants then. (laughs) Kith Bob. Keely. Keely. Keely asks, uh, what went better than you expected? One went less well than you expected. And what is your best improvement over your previous seasons? We've talked a bit about stuff that went, mm. you know, good and bad and um, puzzles that didn't feel like they were going to hit very hard. Sure. I think a lot of the stuff in Room 10, like that logic puzzle, went much better than I expected coming out of the playtest because <laughs> I did so poorly at them that they just were very smooth. Mm. Same with the puzzle in Room Any puzzle that I s- struggled with, You're I was then so about. arrogant that I was like, oh, no one can ever do this. We're, it's impossible. And then our guests come that on. That is one of the toughest second. things about just uh, the one playtest. And I don't know when you make this decision in multiple playtests, just talking with you and saying, cool, does this mean it's worth a change? Or do I trust these guests to be able to get this in a way that you didn't? And yeah, those uh, the door puzzle in room ten coming up with those synonymy sorts of words. Mm. It was trustworthy. That was even a trust though I one. did it poorly. It was like that actually does make sense. Yeah. And I think the the same one, the cloud one, was 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 again like we change them if we think they're not going to work. Yeah. And sometimes I struggle with the puzzle, but we're still like, no, no, that makes sense. Maybe we need to o- open up a a new path for hints, but the puzzle itself is yeah. sound. For the most part, you are able to convince me if a puzzle isn't working. I mm. don't I don't think I'm too defensively pushbacky. Sometimes no. it hurts my feelings if one doesn't work, but that's because I'm trying to make them work. My yeah. whole point is trying to make things that people can solve and feel happy about. So if that doesn't happen, it's a little sad. <laughs> but I don't think I'm overly pushbacky in terms of, no, I designed this puzzle and it it's great. Work. It's yeah. your fault. Um, okay, things that I thought went better or worse than I expected – Generally, the story mm. went People so really much better it. than I thought. I was really... A lot of good feedback. Again, I was worried at the start that it just wasn't going to work. I was worried when Leilani became a thing because I was worried people wouldn't have given a crap. Um, I was really touched by getting feedback along the way from people who were having fun with it. And I do think it came out moderately satisfying. And I wasn't sure how well that was going to happen. Um, something that did not work as well as, you know what? It's not even that I expected it to work better. I very much anticipated it being a problem and it just was more of a problem than I expected. Why did I keep using NPCs and making interaction (laughs) with NPCs solutions? The wedding of using the music to force people to go in certain directions. Oh my God. It's so stressful. (laughs) 
like experimenting on your knocked out police chief friend. That was okay. That, yeah, was, that was fine. He was that knocked was out. a bit he was, of fun. He was, he was an item by that point. But yeah, my God, anything that involved doing that one, there was that and dealing with your in-laws inside the house and having to control where they went. You didn't have to do much of that, but it was enough that it felt like a horrible stress. Oh, just people. And with that follow-up, the final part of that question, what was oh, your yeah. best improvement over previous linked seasons? Do you think there was a, a, a noticeable this is better than the previous seasons? I had not thought about that at all. No, I don't know. I mean... They're all each, each just different first stories. First Connected Arc, Children of My Sorrows, was definitely a rough experiment. And I still think it worked out really well. Yeah. I like the story and the mystery of Children of My Sorrows. Right. I, don't think, I don't think you've done a bad Connected Arc. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. Um, yeah, I do... Not no. No, I don't know if there's anything canonical or not canonical. If there's anything concrete that was like, this is gonna we're gonna do this better this time. I think it's just I mean, another story. Maybe it can be seen as a doing better in terms of how much I was willing to change things as we went. Like for mm -hmm. Chronomaly, every podcast this escape, I would say, well, where do you think the next one's gonna go? Where do you think the next <laughs> We'd one's say gonna something go? Not too bad. I mean, yeah, pretty <laughs> no much. For you. I had I had already done it. I wouldn't have known how to change things as much in that one. Yeah, so you get more you get more uh uh, flexible in your design. Yeah, and the, well, it's great. I absolutely advocate for having everything pre-planned. But sometimes your pre-planning thing is not the best plan, and you can still come yeah, up with a better one. And if that, that happens to be a little bit close to a deadline, make it work. Do, choose the better thing. Yeah. Oh, it's good. There you go. Your design principles were improved. Maybe another one from from uh, Chintas, Kintas, or Kintas. Um. What's a question for me? Bill, can you talk about how you decide on the music slash the yeah. mood of the music? I believe that Bill does the music. And given that you don't know how the story is going to go, do you consult with Danny or does Danny <laughs> give you a brief beforehand? So the first thing uh, on reading this is that, that feels like I have too much. Uh, I spend too much time, right? Like I don't need to consult with Danny for, for individual music episodes for like the, the, like not the theme, not the theme song, but the music in the background of each individual episode. Um, I don't need to consult with Danny about the story because I do those after the recording. Uh, I usually spend about one day pumping out the two or three songs that I use for that episode. Um, and I, I know kind of the what happens in the arc because it's, it's already been played. I've done both the playtest. Uh, sometimes after the playtest, I might do the music, but I never do. I do it after the, <laughs> I do it after the recording. I do it last minute. No, that's not always no, true. I've, I've done it occasionally before the episode. Yeah, as soon as um, you have an idea what it is, you start. It seems like you start to get a feel for what sort of music it. is yeah, appropriate. So I get some time after the playtest to think about like what kind of stuff fits and start like you know you think oh this one's got and it's usually very broad stuff right like hmm. it's like the techno room so like the room with all the with all the uh, the technology in the electronic store. Like, great, I can use sort of techno-y sounds. Mm. Um, the prison one, I wanted guitar. Oh. Don't know, just, I don't know. I think, I think, like being in a in a prison in a jail cell, like in a sheriff's office, makes me think about like I don't know. I have like a, that vague westerny sort of <laughs> setting to it, even if it's not. And so I wanted that guitar feeling for that. Um, Alice, the first room is kind of hard because you and and mm. the music. Look, my favorite music is the. Episode ten, I think I I really actually liked some all the cool music stuff that I got. Uh, and yeah, some so probably, of the rest you of it, came up with one song, and we went, 
Man, that's way too cool for the majority yeah, of the rumors. I had to put it right at the yeah. end and write a whole other song because <laughs> I was like, oh, we can only use this at the end. Um, but no, a lot of it is just like, yeah, you get a vague theme. Some of it, there's there's clues like, you know, doing a pared down version of um, Pashawell's Canon in D for the wedding episode because mm. that's just a wedding song. So I just grabbed... Uh, yeah, that was one where the idea was easy. The execution well, took the execution years a bit sometime. hard because I, I thought at first, right, like Pashawell's Canon in D, that's obviously a public domain song. Mm. Public domain performances don't know, mm. but I reckon I could find someone doing it. The problem is the song itself is too interesting, right? Like for background music, because there's too many layers and too yep. much going on because it's actually a good song, right? It's classical music and it's interesting. And I was like, I don't want it to be that interesting. I just want the feel of it. So I played it on GarageBand on my iPad with the cello in GarageBand and I just played the bass kind of section of Pashwell's mm. D, then played the next bit and and but I only went and to like And then you stopped th- when yeah, you, it was basically enough. just went to three layers, right? Yeah, Cuz Pashwell's cool. has that and then the and right and like you and I was like that's as far as I get cuz it gets too big after that and you're like that's going to distract from what's happening. Mm. So I did a pared down version and wrote that. But that was easy thematically cuz like it's a wedding, you do the wedding music. Um but often there's just like an emotion you want like sneaky music or it's kind of silly. Like the Alice Wonderland one was hard cuz it's like Alice in Wonderland has a weird vibe to it, which mm. is kind of silly and bouncy and pompy and odd. So, you know, you had to, I kind of found weird music that fit that idea. Uh, did that alarm music for when the drag, for the, when the Jabberwock is nice, attacking. Nice. It's just like, I think what I had in my head for that was uh, uh, r- rolling from, no, not rolling from um, Evita. But who's the thief from Joseph? Ah, love it. Which is in five four, I think. Does it stay in five four? That's it's, a ridiculous I think it, piece. I think it jumps between five four and seven eight over and over yeah. again. But it just—it's constantly not doing the right beats for yep. your head. Like, like rolling is seven eight from Evita, and it has that like, oh. th- which just makes it feel rushed because it's like you hear seven beats and then the next bar's mm. already starting, and so it feels like you're missing that little rest point that your brain expects. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I should add in at this point, Billy's very musically talented. Yeah, really. Like This is your first real foray into composition stuff, but as far as just general musicology and especially singing, he is extremely talented. No, my musicology's terrible. My singing's all right. Um, no, you are very good at like noting things about music when you hear them and being able to analyze yeah, bits of them and how they're going. Know, I don't really know. You may not music like. I don't know I don't if you know, know technical what's a, terms or anything. What's a circle of fifths? I don't know something. Yeah, no idea. But you are able to recognize when things work or don't work um, and what is making that happen. Yeah, and like I think you know again like it's one of those ones that I'll get like I, I go back and listen to some of the stuff that I put together for early ones in this season. I'm just like, ah, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. It's like really not good. But I don't worry too much about it because it's, because it's not meant to take well, too much attention. What I was going to ask is how do you decide where music should go in an episode? I can tell you exactly how I decide where music should go in an episode. Uh, it's a mix of, of uh, arbitrary. <laughs> uh, there's moments that need it. Intro and outro. Get music for ideally the whole process. Hmm. And then you just kind of find blocks, usually during your explanation rather than what they're doing, moments where you're describing a puzzle or an object in detail, and you put them in there. And honestly, at that point, it's just making it the right amount through the episode. So rather than thinking too much about individual moments like this need music, sometimes things need music, right? Sometimes I have a puzzle that I think, oh, that's a tense puzzle that's going to get music for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm writing, I'm often writing some of the music for individual puzzle moments, but mostly it's then, um, 
spacing them out so they're not too constant yeah. or not clustered. I want a general feel, but they have to pop up at moments. So there needs to be a moment that happens to start the music so it doesn't just happen like mid-sentence while they're solving a puzzle. Mm. So usually it's looking for, I will literally like zoom out of the audio file, of the of the, the editing file for the, uh, for the podcast and find like, there's Danny talking for a while. That's going to be a moment. I'm going to listen to where mm. it starts, think, oh, uh, you know. And as I'm, as I'm doing the edit, I also mark things as they happen. Not for it. Like I mark almost every kind of new thing that's happening. I put a little note like this is when they look at this. This is when they do this. This is when they start this puzzle. So I can look at those moments and go, oh, this is when they're doing this type of puzzle. Great. I can continue the music through them solving it because this is them now like discussing the logic puzzle part. That mm. can have music behind it. So this is what a lot of uh, like D&D or other RPG podcasts do. They rarely include music. Mm. But when a battle is just starting or some big emotional yeah. moment is just happening and the DM is narrating something, there'll be something quietly underlying that. Yeah, and I think it, but it, helps it doesn't a lot last the particularly long. And um, yeah. And sometimes it flows into certain puzzles. Like when people are thinking about what to do. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's also very helpful for me because I, I am concerned about my narration voice, essentially. Not, not feeling particularly sincere or anything. I feel like I have an innate sarcasm in my voice that I'm not particularly keen on. No, um, you're really you know, sincere all so the time. So I, I feel like having music under me to tell you, hey, this is what you're supposed to be feeling. Don't <laughs> listen to her tone. I, I feel like that is probably very handy. Mm. Sorry, when when people are making decisions. Well, when people are making decisions, or when they're like kind of talking about what they could do, you don't. I don't usually want music under that. But when they are in the process of solving a puzzle that requires discussion, I'll sometimes have music in the So when they're like, wait a minute, this person can't be this because of this, and this person can't be here, and they're like, at all, you can have like a little bit of like, do, 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 they're solving the puzzle <laughs> in the background, which, is, which I think helps. Cool. Because um, that's like their version of narration. Of like one string of things that are all on the same message that, you know, that rather How much than... do you give music that feels like it's making fun of someone? Like that. If we had a regular cast of people, I would love to do more. Do I need, do I need to, some music where they're just like, now I wonder if this is the, you know, like in, a, in every anime where they have the, this is a silly bit music? Honestly, I was thinking the Taskmaster moments where, you Yeah, know, the Taskmaster some has people... the, this is the bad one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe we need that when they start solving solving the a problem. chaotic failure yeah, energy. Solving it wrong, and I just start playing a ba -ba -da, ba -dum -ba -dum -ba -dum. Uh, exactly. Uh, however, this is slightly different. All of this answer is slightly different episode to episode music compared to the theme music for a season. Theme music for the season. This is the first time I've written the theme music for a season. Oh my god! What have you? Uh, oh, have we just used uh, free stuff yeah, before everything that? Else, we, oh, the main theme here. is the main theme is Oh by Jingo. Uh, an instrumental version of Obai Jingo recorded in 1927 or something is our original recording, oh. our normal theme song. Uh, and then the others are all, you know, they're various things from the internet as free music. Mm. But I don't like doing those too much because then you hear them pop up in other stuff. Like we were listening to um, Amnesty. Oh, Adventure Zone Adventure Amnesty. Zone, and, they, and they had a moment of using our Coloredin's theme song yeah. as background just music for, for like, like a two Ned minutes. Chicane moment. It, it was like, was of course quite they did because it's just like, it's when you search yeah. like spooky. It was a you, cool song. Up, right? Um, and so, you know, I don't, I, I won't do that again. And often you notice garage, specific garage band loops though, even now, don't well, you? Well, that's fine. Well, I do that, but obviously, uh, on Finish It, they, mm. they use... We 
heard Finish It on something else, didn't we? One of Finish It's musical yes, things. Yes, one of their flute things or something, because they because they do a lot of garage band looping. I've tried, originally, I did a lot yeah, more garage band else. loops, like using the loops, and I do occasionally, like all the techno but stuff. But we heard it on something like on TV or something. I re- think so, Like yeah. wildly big, um, and it was really, really caught us off guard yeah, that we were just so, hearing Finish It But music. because of that sort of stuff, I don't want to use, I'm, more, I'm trying more and more to, to if I, even if I use loops, to write them myself, mm. to do them myself. Mm. Um, because, you know, it's never fun to just be like, yep, great, you know, yeah. that's the same loop. that The same thing you hear that with Griffin's stuff. When he started doing music for Adventure Zone. Um, composing himself. Composing. This, a lot of that was was like, some of that was like garage band loops and things. So sometimes you recognize those. You, mm. you hear when you're like, oh, yeah, that's like, that was part of Crystal Kingdom. Like, I could I yeah, remember sure. him using that. But um, if, you have the, if you have the musicality like you do, then coming yeah. up with your own that work. It's it's a bit more fun, yeah. but I still add stuff. So I, for the like, theme I song for this, to do it. right? Like that's all. Like all the the, the tune, like the theme, um, of so all the opening few bars before the kind of bass drops in the in the outro. That's all just me, on again Garage Band using a couple of different instruments, and I think there's only two or three playing for the dun 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 that stuff. Um, and then when it comes in the added like. Bits. Some of those are loops that are in the background. Mm-hmm. Some of them are written by me. Some of them are just like techno y sound loops. That's the stuff I don't know very well. Like anything that sounds even vaguely a bit like, oh, that could be house music. That's <laughs> that's a pre prepared loop. Um, most of the music, say for the electronic store, because that's all kind of techno y, was me putting together loops that already existed okay. on GarageBand. Cool. With some exceptions of piano y stuff and things. But yeah, so uh, back to the theme song though. You gave me some... Yes, because the theme song for the whole arc, we wanted... Because we were doing the recording for that uh, first episode of Mm. what Alice found pretty close to the release date, just the way things worked out. So we needed to have as much done in advance beforehand. So we tried to get the playtest done as early as possible, but even before that... We wanted to know what was going on. Mm. And I think because at that point I, I hadn't, hadn't decided on whether I was going to write the theme music or find yeah, theme Yeah, and music. I hadn't told you what the theme was because I wanted you to be surprised during the playtest. Don't know if we ended up sticking to that. But I just told you, what did I tell you? Like, hap- disconcerting happy? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. I, I really like the themes that we use for this. I like uh, the, the one that I wrote for this. I think it, I think it came out really well. Good. Uh, all right. That's t- we've been talking for so long, Dan. There's still more questions. Oh, no. Uh, another question for Miranda. Mm-hmm. Um, how does Alice, or whatever the main character's name really is, mm-hmm. get selected to be on the show? Mm-hmm. I assume they don't sign up themselves, or is it some weird thing where they sign up and their memory is wiped or otherwise messed with? Or is it even more nefarious? This also has three people pointing to it. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, well, clearly I hadn't thought of anything uh, sci-fi-esque to that. No. It was very much to me just a, yeah, selected when they were like three or something. Exactly. So I think that makes sense that they have to grow up in the world. So there'll be generations of people oh, now yeah. who are being prepared for eight seasons later who are just like, oh, I'm in the real world now. Who didn't realize they were living in a fake world because they weren't being filmed, but they must have been living in a fake, in a curated world. So like your season ended and the next Blake or the next, you know, main character was already mm-hmm. an adult. But that also means there must be some like eight year olds yeah, hanging around I your see town what you mean. who were being prepped for a few seasons later. Seemed like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then things just sort of broke for them. Yeah. And presumably there's also questions like, great, a kid is growing up being prepped to be filmed. What about all the other kids that they presumably grew up are with? How actors? well are they expected yeah. to keep a secret? Yeah, you Again, can't expect kids to keep a secret. Questions that I haven't answered. Yeah, who needs to? It's sci-fi. <laughs> Danny's dead, everybody. Uh, wonderful. Another question from, from Sandra from Wordy Girl. 
mm-hmm. uh, who you know was on one of the playtests. So mm-hmm. I don't know why she didn't ask then. She knows everything. The final, well, this is a long question. You ready? Oh, okay. The final room noted lots of Blake actors and actresses for the next contestant to fall in love with. Mm-hmm. This made me think back to something that has been a recurring thought. Oh, this is basically what we've been talking about the whole time. Oh, really? Does this mean there was a child uh, who yeah. had been growing up alongside Alice in this little world and has now become a teenager slash adult old enough to marry? Because if the Blakes were already all legal age and above, mm. it makes me know that in order for them to be around the same age, the new contestant has to have lived in the show for a long time. Secondly... I know others have also voiced that they were wondered if you started to make the flashing light at the end again, lol, but instead you allowed them to truly escape. Mm. Right? So, yeah, so people were wondering whether or not there'd be a twist at the end where they were still in a recording. Yeah. I wonder what happened to all the people who weren't actors on the show when the producers had to shut it down. And then a compliment, which I'm not going to read you. (laughs) Okay, fine. Keep Um, me dangling. Um... Who who are the people who weren't actors on the show? Like those uh, children who have been growing yeah, up, been like preparing for a future, future season, future Alice's. Okay, now we also have to keep in mind that these people do not know how long each individual show is going to last. Yeah, because they like, flag it when the ratings go down. Exactly. Your season, this Alice's season, may have been going on for 10, 15 years. Mm. So in which case they didn't need like a new one prepared every year. Exactly. So just every so often with a bit of an age buffer. And I wonder how much that changes. Maybe sometimes the main character is five. About a five-year-old. Because they ran out of Alice's. Like, oh, we don't have one prepared. I guess we'll jump to the five-year-old. That's pretty messed up. You know? I tough. wonder. And then maybe it'll happen. Yeah. Maybe it won't, well, it won't happen anymore because we mm. destroyed the show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of what we've been we've been thinking about. That must be the that must be the the follow through of the logic of adding in a new adult Blake and all yeah. that other stuff. If there is presumably a new one was about to come in in a year's time or whatever, presumably they are around thirty years old based mm. on the uh, Blake age range that they were looking for. The Blade range. The Blade range. Um. So what would that Mean, assume 10 years. Yeah, I suppose there'd probably be like one teenager running around right now. Yeah, probably. Maybe one child has recently gotten them, cho- yeah. gotten chosen as well. Maybe that's what but Stephen so, was doing before. What? Maybe they're going to use baby brother Stephen for that. Ooh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so Throwback. Uh, like, hey, remember Stephen from the other series? So yeah, I, I would say logically it would mean there is only a maximum of two of these people out that's, there. That seems fair. And so then you expect it's not the show that to wild. run for 10 years or mm. so before people get bored of them. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they've just got some backup actor in the wings or something as well, just in case they need a season that isn't quite the same. Like they need mm. one emergency season that's all actors. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> just to fool everyone. Who knows? Uh, they do this. this they, do th- they talk about making the show for an entire season. Maybe. Um, all right, more questions. <laughs> Another one from Kara Moyer-Zest. Mm-hmm. Uh, how good is Jim Gordon's coffee, actually? Have all the actors been <laughs> pretending to like really bad coffee for TV? As a non-coffee drinker, yes. It's terrible. <laughs> it's canonically I the mean, worst. What else can you say? Yeah, they wouldn't have to sponsor this show. There's a reason it said that Blake coffee. is addicted to coffee, yeah. and it does not say anything about you drinking yeah, it no, ever. You hate it. You're the only one not being paid. Um, <laughs> but everyone else around you just seems to love it so much, you've learned not to, t- to, not to express your distaste exactly. too much. Uh, and another one. Oh, this is an inter- this is an interesting question. I'm Uh-oh. going to try and read that. That sounds properly. scary. Is the company Long Consonental supposed to invoke Long Con, <laughs> or even Long Cons on a tell? <laughs> As in Long Cons oh, on a television. Now, based on Danny's reaction, no. 
It was just meant to be... The word consonant, and I think a continental is a car. Yeah, yeah, Danny had heard of a... Con- it was basically named for the it puzzle, It was a right? Lincoln Continental, that's yeah, the car, Lincoln right? Yeah, Lincoln Continental, so you but went yeah, long was, continental, yeah. and then made a puzzle about long consonants. <laughs> so was, there's no reason, no, inte- no intelligent thought put behind this. But I <laughs> love that it was probably a slang called a long con. A long con. And then they're, they're living in a in a long con. Yeah, that's fantastic. Long cons on a See, tell. that's exactly the sort of thing that happens and when you that, that's what happens when you are halfway through an arc and you get an idea and go, that's too perfect. How has that not always been the case? That's that sort of yeah. thing right there. Of course that's true. And that got But it wasn't true when I came up with it. It just obviously is meant to be. And they got multiple people putting uh, exclamation mark emojis <laughs> on it. They're like, oh my gosh. Uh, somebody else, yeah, somebody else says they thought about the long con connection early on. Like, early on, they were, oh, long con, like a long con. Um, but the honor tell went over their head. Yeah. Now, I, com- oh. Yeah, completely, it should have gone over your head. We just, you know, had no idea. Ridiculous. No idea, but of course it should be there. You're absolutely right. And that's it. Those are our questions. <coughs> Good, because I just rank, drank, tried to drink some water and failed spectacularly. Oh, no, but then I'll, uh, I'll say goodbye to everybody. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. I Thank hope you so much. I hope. These were in some way satisfying answers. I think it was fun. Um, thank you for sending in questions and thank you for listening to what Alice found. Uh, this again, this is our first of some bonus episodes next week uh, and possibly the week after. I haven't decided whether it's going to be split yet, but I think it probably will. Um, we're going to have a fun little side project. Um, so I think for the next two weeks, uh, which will be, uh, we are being joined by the Yule Brothers yet again from Finish It, the podcast. Uh, and we are playing through a Goosebumps Choose Your Own, well, uh, not Choose Your Adventure, Give Yourself Goosebumps book that has only one, one correct ending. solution, right? And it's so an ultimate it edition. feels like an escape room. You're constantly trying to solve, rather than like there telling a story. There are locked doors and keys puzzles. and everything. It's so much fun. We had a huge amount of fun doing it. So uh, that'll be, I've got to say, the next two weeks. Um, you can listen to us play through that. Uh, and then after that, maybe there'll be a little bit more bonus, but. Maybe we'll be getting straight into the new season. It depends how much we do. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much. There'll be a new season starting soon of of guest GM'd escape rooms that we'll play. And uh, that was lots of fun. Thank you, Danny, for making a cool, connected arc. It was great. I really enjoyed playing through it. Thank you, everyone who has been listening and everyone who has been playing these rooms because everyone who has come on and played especially in the first half, apparently, clearly had a big impact Mm. on my ability to write it. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. See you later.